Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. We are back to talk Villa summer so far and Thursday's big kit reveal. But first of all, Frankie, how are you? I'm doing very well, George. I'm in a good good space, good headspace. The, the sun's out, my guns are out. <laughs> look at look at them. My uh, goodness that's, me. That's Hulkamania, that. Hulkamania's pythons. <laughs> Look how, look how pale I am as well. Summer and I'm like, pale as anything. Look at this. Yeah. Jack, jacked up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> clanging and banging down the gym, as The Rock would say. There's two wrestling references I've done already. Beach body ready, Frankie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever been beach body ready, uh, <laughs> ever, in my life. Um, Unless that day. beach is on, you know, in like Connemara in the west of Ireland. Where it's, yes. Yes. You know, Tipping it down with rain, grey skies. Yeah. That sort of beach, I think you're ready for sort of all, <laughs> all seasons. Yes, that's it. I think I, I am beach body ready for, for rainy beaches uh, in Northern Europe. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah, doing good. Uh, the, the London Lions have like, oh man, we, we've got past PSG. We're in the knockout. Oh, we got good. past PSG on penalties. Uh, heroic stuff from the team and we battered into so we're in the final we're playing AC Milan this weekend George oh, can't fantastic. wait well, best can't of luck wait. to the to the London Lions and what sort of form are you in Frankie well I'm in, I'm in decent form I've been, yeah. I've been doing been running around quite a lot recently going on long runs so just because I was like I was noticing whenever I played I was like why do I feel like um, you know I'm uh, not coping too well with running five metres uh, and then I'd be like Put it, trying on, you know, a suit for a wedding that's coming up and like a suit I had two years ago, I'd be like, this does not fit me anymore. What have I been doing for two years? Just sitting around doing podcasts. Is that all I've done? Yeah. Uh, eating junk food while I'm doing it. Um, so yeah, so uh needed to get fit again. So I've been doing a lot of 5Ks and loving it, like back playing and yeah, just love it. It's just good good vibes, good feeling. But but George, hey, you went to the Netherlands to play football then. I am did. I right in thinking you played somebody who was in like the second division of German football. Is this true? Yeah, that's that's right. So um, I may have mentioned this on previous shows, but every year, at least I try to go every year to this very small village in Holland called uh, Midvald. It's a long story why we go there. I won't bore you with the details, but this team from the UK, including myself, go over there and play against a lot of other uh, Dutch teams. We are the only non-Dutch uh, team. Um, so we played in this in this tournament over there. We did pretty well. Uh, in a league of eight, we finished third, which isn't too bad considering, you know, these are legit teams and, and we're sort of a team that's cobbled together just for that weekend. Mm. Uh, but one of the games that we played, um, I heard rumours, there were, there were discussions off pitch that one of the players on, <laughs> on this team played for a German third division side whose season had just come to an end. Um, and, uh, and I was looking at, looking out for him when we, when we, when we got onto the pitch and he wasn't, he wasn't on the field. I think he was just a sub. I think he was only then in it just for a bit of a laugh really. So he wasn't playing initially. We, we went one nil up. And I didn't actually realize they'd made the sub and this guy comes on and he's on my side of the pitch. <laughs> ball, the ball comes to me before I know it. This kid I hadn't seen on on the on the pitch before just runs in, takes the ball off me, <laughs> charges down the field, and just lobs the keeper from about twenty yards. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, so this guy plays in the German football right. leagues? Uh, he just incredible." And it just got me thinking. Eventually, I mean, eventually he got another assist, and um, they ended up winning the game two one. Literally in the last sort of five minutes, this guy genuinely made all the difference. Um, 
he's a, like a Dutch guy that played over in Germany. But just like it just made me think that, that, that to me, like the German third division makes me think, oh, you know, is, what sort of level is that? Is that mm. is that that good quality? I mean, obviously, I'm I'm, I'm an absolutely bog standard Sunday league player at best. But it just sort of made me think, you know, how how good must, you know, Premier League players be when you come across oh. someone like that and you're like, this is literally the best player I've ever played against. Mm. And he's in the German third division. Yeah. So I don't know. But it was it was it was sobering to say the very least. He, he crept up to you and uh, he whispered in your ear. All Villa No Filler is a crap podcast, mate. <laughs> he, he saw you, he recognised you. He said, like, I know that guy. And I, oh, he, did, he, did. And, uh, he said it all in Dutch, so I didn't really understand yeah. it either. But, but, but he's yeah. so, he was so good at football, you looked to the sidelines and you were like, is that Johan Langer scouting? <laughs> and he's like, he's making those. Then Langer sees you, George. He's like, oh, oh no, I've been seen. Villa, Villa's, uh, we do things so secretly under, you know, no one can do, see us doing our transfers. And so he, he ran away. I like had a hood up and all the security was around him. Uh, but in, he was in making about, notes. In about, in about a week's time, I'll see that kid again, you know, standing next to Johan Langer on the yeah. official Villa Twitter account, shaking hands, big big smile from Johan, holding the new kit. I think you were so impressive in that game. I think Johan Langer's going to put a bid in for you as well. So this podcast next season, I can't wait to be slagging you off as you're trying to mark Adama Traore running at you for the Wolves team. <laughs> like, George, he, he, just, he just doesn't play the high line properly, but Emery's getting the best out of him at the moment, though, isn't he? I don't, God, I, I, Emery would have to work absolute miracles with me, I think. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you ever played a professional before? Anyone who's no, ever I haven't. But Frankie, I, I know in your in your Ooh. younger days, you played against some some decent high-quality opposition. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that... Do you know, the player that stood out the most, Joe Hart, Absolutely, yeah. a goal, a goalkeeper. That you, exactly what you're saying about Premier League players. You know, people like say all these mean things about players or laugh at Premier. You know, somebody who uh, doesn't play so well in the Premier League. The, the talent and ability you have to have to even have one second on the pitch yeah. in the Premier League. Marco Bugas, you know that famously <laughs> poor West Ham player. If he turned up to Power League, you'd be like. I'm off, mate. Oh, whatever. If you're running off down the pub to have ten points to get out, Ali Dia. Yeah, yeah, Ali Dia. Well, maybe not Ali Dia, <laughs> but other, but other than that, um, but yeah, I remember when I was 16, I played Joe and he was in Shrewsbury Town's youth team, and uh, basically he was, you know, this tall blonde kid, and so that was why I remembered him when he mm. eventually signed for City, and I saw they'd signed a Shrewsbury Town goalkeeper my age, and I was like, if he's tall and blonde. I one million percent know who this is, and it was like, yeah, that that's him. And because uh, in the game we were really good, but Shrewsbury won three 0 because he made three of the best saves I've ever seen him a lot. Like it was, and at the end of the game, it was like you know, like that thousand yard stare. So like, every single person in the dressing room had it because we're like, how the, how the hell has he saved made those saves? And um, again, like so, a goal, like you know, somebody to outfield stick out because they've, you know, they've done these skills. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, played yeah. a few people who did that and went very high in the game. But to play a goal, a goalkeeper to do that, you know, and somebody who ended up being an England international. And yeah, yeah. It was quite sobering because I remember he played at Barcelona for City. I remember he had an awesome game against Messi and all these people. I remember sitting there being like, so I played this guy in a game and he's sitting, he's there at the Bernabeu now, <laughs> a Bernabeu at the new Camp. Oh, you know, stopping Lionel Messi and I'm sitting there in my in my boxer shorts. Eating Cheetos. <laughs> Eating Cheetos. <laughs> yeah, well, Frankie, look where, look where you are now. You're hosting yeah, well, a quality podcast about Aston Villa. Where is he? Glasgow. So. Yeah. 
yeah. I like Glasgow by Grant. Actually, City. I did like Glasgow. Well, I'm born in Glasgow. No, yeah. no, no, no offense to any yeah. Glasgow agents listening. Uh, it's yeah. a lovely city. Yeah. Um, but anyway, listen, it's not about you. It's not about Joe Hart. It's not about Shrewsbury Town, this podcast. It's about Aston Villa. And there yeah. has been some very big news today, Frankie. Not all of it particularly positive, but we'll, mm. we'll go into it now. So I think, first of all, because we've been talking about it in, in episodes gone by, the new kit has been uh, has been released. We all know now what it looks like. So first of all, Frankie, what is your thoughts, particularly given the fact we've now got that new badge that um, Villa fans were asked about uh, earlier this year? Uh, I don't think we're a very negative podcast, George. I think we're quite a positive um, vibe generally. Yeah. And there's been yeah. a lot to be positive about ever since Steve and Gerard walked out the door. Yeah. Steve, Stevie B, as we call him, Stevie Big Box. <laughs> <laughs> Since he took his talents elsewhere. But uh, this has been a funny day, hasn't it, for Villa? So much has gone right in the last... Since the ownership came in in 2018, uh, they, they haven't put many feet wrong, I would say. Yeah. Uh, today feels like a funny day, I think. Um just because when you look, if you go, if you type in Aston Villa on Google right now on a Thursday evening, one of the headlines is from the Telegraph in Britain: Aston Villa accused of dangerous new shirt sponsorship deal with misogynist betting company BKA. If you go to BBC, Aston Villa supporters trust highly disappointed over online betting firm sponsorship deal. There are negative headlines around Villa being involved with BKA. We knew this was coming, right? This has been covered a lot before. Norwich City obviously ended that agreement with them over what was, you know, seen as misogynist content that BK were producing. BK have since apparently rebranded. Um, and, you know, there was a there was that announcement today, I think, that some of the proceeds from the sponsorship deal will go to charity. Am I right? Am I right? That's right. That exactly. Yeah, yeah local, local charities, yeah. So, so at least, you know, fair play, there's been some move at least with what is a controversial deal to at least try and alleviate that with, with some of it going to good causes. We'll so, I want to know where that's going exactly, and I want to know who's going to benefit from that. Um, but uh, I just think, you know, it football's been warped in such a way that by nation-state clubs, essentially, or clubs owned by Russian oligarchs, uh, like Chelsea were for so long. It's been warped in such a way that the financial pressures is really difficult to compete. So I think I understand the commercial aspect of it where, you know, according to the Telegraph, Kazoo were giving six million a year uh, to Villa, whereas clubs sponsored by, of comparable size to Villa, I don't know, like a West Ham betting sponsorship, were getting them 10 million a year. So mm. you could say that Villa, it was quite weird that we weren't doing as well revenue-wise. But that said, when we signed the, sponsorship deal with Kazoo, where were Villa? We were a team probably that were might not have stayed in the Premier League. Right? We weren't we weren't dead on team that weren't going to get relegated. We've just made Europe. So you'd think that Villa would have a better chance of getting a higher um sponsorship deal uh outside of a gambling company than what we have done. Um because obviously the gambling sponsorship is going to come to an end you know, I think it's the 25-26 season. Well, what, what, what I mean, what I would say to that is I, well, basically reportedly the deal was signed uh, with uh, BKA in January. So obviously, yes. and, and Christian Perslow was 
uh, chief executive then, of course. So um, that was before, you know, Europe, obviously, well before Europe. And and um, and things might be different if we were signing a contract with another company now. But at the time, I think Christian Perslow clearly was looking at an opportunity for the club to make money. That was his sole interest yeah. and almost kind of regardless of the 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 moral issues with it potentially um i think he he was just interested in generating money for the football club perhaps yeah and i I guess at the end of the day he would say that that was his remit yeah but it just feels like an own goal that never had to be made and i'm sure villa could have got another sponsorship deal that's just my opinion on it um i think a million quid here or there it's one marvelous nakamba do you know what i mean it's not it's not I don't know. I, I just think that considering the, the negativity that was around the Norwich. Yeah. Like, is it um, worth it? Deal, yeah. Is it worth it? And knowing that betting companies are not, go, you know, generate such controversy now, much more awareness about it. And also the fact that they're not going to be on Premier League shirts from in a couple of years anyway. Mm. This feels like one final grasp of getting the cash in before that happens. And I think I understand the financial imperative of it. I can I can see that sort of cold light of day argument, but also like, is it worth it for Villa in the sense like, what does it cost you elsewhere? You know, and do other companies then want to be associated with you? Or I don't know. I just I just think as, even just looking at it aesthetically on the shirt, it doesn't look good. That even looking no. at it in that sense, <laughs> it doesn't look good on the shirt. It looks no. it looks budget, and it, I, yeah. And and it, and it's it's a, it's a massive shame, really, because as I mentioned at the start, you know, this was the kit which was going to have the new badge, which has got its own issues, which we will go into in a moment. Yeah. But but you know, it was an opportunity to release a really kind of stunning kit, um, which in, would include a, a, an aesthetically pleasing sponsor, not to mention a sponsor that perhaps isn't so, as I mentioned before, morally dubious. Um, and it just feels like a yeah big kind of missed opportunity, particularly given um, you know the feel good factor around the club. You know, mm. at every opportunity you want to capitalise on that, don't you? But it feels like we've we've sort of gone a, a a step backwards, and it's obviously culminated in this statement released by the the Villa Supporters Trust, mm. saying you know they're highly disappointed, um, you know, and they and they call it a cynical last minute attempt to, uh, to to scoop the financial gains before gambling sponsors are taken off uh, uh, shirts at the end by the end of the 25-26 season mm. which it's difficult it's difficult to argue against i would i would really hope that the club respond um i think it would be great in the interest of transparency for them to explain the reasons behind the decision to go with uh, bk8 um that would be a, a really refreshing uh, move. Um, and, you know, it'd be interesting to hear from Chris Heck. I mean, you know, he's he's come in. I haven't heard. Yeah. yeah. This would be a good opportunity for, for him to say either, you know, this deal was signed before I arrived. I didn't have a chance to, uh, to view alternatives. But going forward, it's not something I would like to do, just to let you know. Um, but... Um, but yeah, I suppose hopefully maybe in the next 24 hours, 48 hours or so, we might hear something. I'd like to think we'll hear something, but I just don't know. I mean, it, it's difficult, you know, you know, the deal's signed now, so you can't, they can't, can't just go out and be like... Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's, yeah. A, it's a three-year three partnership, isn't yeah. it? And But it's uh, it's one of them, like, you know, look, I'm not... Uh, I, I, 
I just feel uh, it just feels like you know these negative headlines never needed to happen. Yeah, is, is the way I would put it. And I don't know what that costs you elsewhere. Uh, and it was not. It was perhaps naive to think that they wouldn't happen. Yeah, you know, if 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 Perslow and 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 Christian Perslow has done some great things for the club, and we talked yeah. about him previously, you know, I think he'll leave with a decent legacy at Villa, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but you know, to you'd think he's a smart guy. You'd think the 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 headlines and negative backlash would be inevitable. Hmm. Um. But as you said, maybe his one remit and one remit only is to generate income for the club and everything else kind of be damned. I hope that's not the case, but but yeah. perhaps perhaps that that was first and foremost in his thinking and he had the blinkers on to everything else. Maybe, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think I'm kind of with the supporters trust really just on it. They'll probably just vocalise it better than I can what I, what, what I think on it. But um, I also, yeah, I understand the financial imperatives and I understand that the Premier League is just such a difficult place to compete in. Yeah. And when you've got the top eight and you have, you know, you have clubs that are owned by countries that are sponsored by companies that are based in those countries. Well, I can understand the, yeah. the it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to take the moral high ground, isn't it, really? In in the, in the climate as it is, particularly in the, in the Premier League, when there's there's lots there's lots of other issues to do with lots of other clubs to do with financial issues sponsorship so you know maybe puzzler was thinking well if you can't beat them join them sort of thing uh you know it's sort of it's, it's any one. club that without that, that are without sin cast the first stone sort of sort of vibe um mm. not saying that's great i mean i would have loved us as a club to take to take a high ground, to take a moral high ground, and um, and go with something else. Obviously, we had that uh, amazing Acorns sponsorship going back about 10, 10 15 years, yeah. uh, which was great. And and you know, people love those shirts now. I think they've really stood the test of time. Um, that would have been nice, but um, but yeah, as we as we as we've been saying, um, it's a money generating business, um, and and. You know, this summer we all talk about how much we want the club to invest in the squad and buy all exactly. these players and compete yeah. in Europe. And and you know, where's that money going to come from if not in part from from sponsorship with with these sorts of companies? So mm. it's kind of what do you what do you want as a Villa fan? It's 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 difficult. It's a, it's a difficult decision to make to kind of go with your to go with your um, to go with whatever instinct is is leading with you at the time. It's it's um, it's a tough one. Yeah, it's certainly it just see it feels like a. I don't know. I, I'm speaking, you know, I'm not there in the doing these deals. I'm not there seeing what Villa are being offered and all that, but I don't know. I just can't help but think in my head a team that is a big brand could have, I don't know, done something different. But that's that's just my thing in it. But, well, well, I mean, the other issue that we need to talk about as well is is the um, is the crest. Yeah, you know, as, as as we were saying in uh, you know earlier this year, a few months ago. Um, uh, supporters were asked to vote for uh, designs. Um, many will remember the the round badge, which was ultimately voted the winner, was up against a sort of a gaslit lamp badge. Mm. Um, and the round badge won out. Obviously, lots of um, links to the um, the nineteen eighties with that one and the European Cup winning side and and um, and all that. Um, however, the club have confirmed that. Um, the 
oh, I don't know whether to call it the old crest or the current crest. The, the crest <laughs> we were using last season will remain visible on social media channels and around the ground. Um, disp- and, and the new badge will only be available on the on the kits and the uh, the training tops as well. So, which kind of leads me to believe that the new um, the new team marketing team, perhaps led by Chris Heck, don't approve of it, or at least want to see how the round badge goes down um, internationally. Perhaps, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. Again, again, a bit of transparency around that would be appreciated. Yeah. Um. I think I think um. You know, they they have said that um, there will be a, another kind of review, uh, perhaps towards the end of this coming season. Yeah. Um. So we'll wait and see on that one. But again, it's just this strange. And this very, <laughs> it's been a bit. It's been a bit of a very strange day. The badge, the sponsorship, also the leaking of the of the kit itself, seemed to happen quite strangely. There was. You know, there was there was shots of it in the bull ring in the morning, oh, but yeah, then there wasn't yeah, the yeah. official release until two yeah. in, at the club shop. So that was a bit of a little bit of a mess. So yeah, not not the best of days for Villa. Yeah, it, I mean, as as I say, you know, we're not we're not a very and a very negative podcast, I don't think. And I think oh, there's no, so not. there's so much going right at Villa, but I do think if you were to look at it logically and to think, they also you know it, it, apparently this. Badge now will be paying tribute to the club's European Cup triumph, and I'm like, well, it's not like a specific. It's not like a 40th year anniversary, or no. It's like we're just like, oh yeah, it was 41 years ago. Everyone, let's <laughs> that famous 41 years. Like what? It it almost feels like I can't help but shape the idea, as you mentioned, that like has. Has Chris Heck come in and his team and just looked at what this new badge and gone, this doesn't work for us? Have they gone, um, it is, it was this some, you know, uh, did they look at, is there some antagonism with Christian Perslow? And is there somebody behind the scenes who's like, actually, these decisions he's made, we don't agree with and we're going to just, you know, forget it ever happened uh, and move ahead with, um keeping the what our badge is um it all, well, it, I, it's, all I, it's just it's conf, it's confusing for a, for a, what is effectively a top brand mm. very confusing to have this happen um and it can't help but think that somewhere behind the scenes there's real disagreement about something that maybe the old ceo did that's just my yeah. guess well well i i, I wonder Again, I don't know the man. Um, I'm just going on sort of um, some reports and, and my general sort of vibe of him as when he speaks. But Christian Perso strike, strikes me as someone, again, I, I, I appreciate a lot of the stuff he's done for Villa, but he strikes me as someone who likes to um, make a name for himself in terms of making big decisions. Hmm. Uh, and I wonder whether the rebranding of the badge was, was again, kind of his, his idea Mm. Um, and he wanted to leave a legacy, I guess, to yeah. say I was the man that changed the badge. I was the man that t- sort of led the um, regeneration of Villa Park. I was, do you know what I mean? Um, and again, as I say, we're, we're very appreciative, particularly of the the ideas around the stadium. Oh yeah. Um, but I but I wonder whether it, maybe in, in Chris Heck's mind, Perslow maybe um, took a step too far in 
in the rebranding of the badge. Mm. Um, you know, badges, I'm not a massive fan of changing badges all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, I think, you know, you know, you look at a club like Man United, a very successful team. They've had the same badge for a long, long time. Liverpool very, very rarely tinker with their badges. And if they do, they're very subtle changes because the badge is so much to do with the identity of the club. And and the first thing you think of, you know, when you think of a football club is the, is the crest. Yeah. So you don't want to play around with it too much and create a confusion, which is why today feels like a big issue because if we are going to promote the club, particularly the season when we're in Europe for the first time in 15 years, you don't want people outside of the UK to get confused about who Aston Villa are, what they represent, yeah. the visual look of the club. Confusing. Yeah, it is confusing. Um, so, so it's come at a very unfortunate time. This sort of this 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 um, uh, kind of insecurity around the, the branding of the of the club. Mm. Um, and again, I just hope that that someone within the club, high up, can 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 come out and, and speak to the fans and. And let them know the decision behind it in a bit in a bit more detail than beyond kind of a few words in a statement. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's just it all just yeah, just feels very confused. Um, which is uh, yeah, not not somewhere Villa. I mean, Villa have been very competently run now really since 2018. We've endured some terrible owners, you know, Doctor Tony and his weird tweets. Hi, mate. Um, but uh, you know. This ownership's been very, like, generally very good, you know. I would say, um, but this just seems like a. If, I think for any any brand, um, you know, what if like I don't know, like a fashion brand had one logo for something and then another for another. It just it's a bit strange. And you know, personally speaking, on the the badge itself, I mean, but even on the shirt. The badge, the, the lion faces one way, and then on the back of the shirt, there's another lion facing the normal way. So it's like, it's, again, it's, it's kind of confusing. Um, you know, uh, I don't mind the shirt itself. I'm, you know, I'm fine with it, whatever. Um, but it's just, uh, I, don't, I don't like the logo look on it. I think the logo looks bad. Or, yeah. Sorry, the, lo- the, um, the sponsor logo, the sponsor that is. Logo, yeah. look, just looks budget. But uh, as for the, the, the crest, um, I never took to it, if I'm honest. Again, I sound, I sound so negative. This is really not what we're about. But um, I, I I appreciate that there was fan consultation, right? Yeah. Rather just plowing yeah, yeah. on and do what I want to do. I didn't really like either particularly. I, pref- I went with the gas lamp one just because I thought it was a bit u- more unique and closer to the... I, I've only ever known The Shield. I started supporting Villa in 1992. The Shield's all I've ever known. So that's kind of, to me, like what I like. And I think... The round badge, I think, is a bit more generic. I think that lots and lots of clubs have it, whereas I think the shield looks more like it sticks out a bit more when you look at that. You know, you look at the board and you see all the different logos or the different crests of different teams. And I think I just quite like the... the and I, I like the lion facing, you know, the way it is yeah. that we're yeah. more used to. Um, yeah. So uh, I... If if they're having second thoughts about this badge, I am kind of of the opinion that just I I don't know I I prefer the badge as it has been for the longest time and um, I think Villa traditionally from the very founding of the club have tended to be a a, a shield but I, I think if if people you know at the end of the day the fans did vote for this rounded badge so you know I, I can't you know. 
go against that really. And whatever it is, I'll always support Aston Villa, no matter what. But I, I don't love the way the lion. I particularly don't love the way the lion faces. I find that mm. I find it weird um, aesthetically. But oh God, I, I'm so sorry, George. I'm so sorry that we we have turned into we we sound like the moaning. You know, the, no, you know, we you, you know what we we haven't we haven't no I I don't I don't think so. I mean, these are all. Uh, you know, these are all personal opinions on on yeah. on the on the aesthetic look of the badge. I mean, I I think it looks uh, nice enough. It's 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 quite clean. Um, I I do think it it does stand out. The colours are quite vibrant, um, and uh, and it does obviously hark back to a successful period in our in our history. Unlike you, obviously, growing up, I um, I grew up around the shield, and I do have a massive soft spot for the shield with the claret and blue stripes. Yeah, um, sounds, yeah. you know, because that was that was the first one for me. So prepared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 to be honest, I, I, in terms of the shirt itself, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of it. I just think it looks exactly like it did last season and the season before with the kind of the the block blue sleeves and the claret top. You know, I would like to see something a bit more adventurous. Um, go, go look at Mexican kits. Look at South American kits. Go yeah, it's kind of, I, I looked at I looked at kind of like Carlisle. Carl, bizarre reason Carlisle released their kit today, which I thought was amazing because it kind of, you know, it it would basically it was it was it was a modern twist on a kind of quite vibrant eighties design. Obviously, they, they didn't use the, the exact eighties design, but it was like a so, modern version so of that. So George, quite... George Michael and just like, <laughs> and some, wake me up before you. The lyrics of "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go." Just like... <laughs> That's it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, and I just think it it looked it looked really nice and, and and unique. And I just I just kind of I looked at the kit today. I thought, oh god, that looks too much like what we've had and it looks a lot like other claret and blue kits it looks like burnley's kit it looks like west ham's kit and, and i would like to see something a bit different um but who knows i mean I, I, maybe from your opinion frankie it's quite good that they're perhaps reevaluating the um the crest and and maybe next season we might have a new one again or go back mm. to the old one i'm not sure but i think they have to make a decision either way and um because the kind of the the insecurity around it and the um the confusion as well is it's not it's not great for the club is it so so one a decision has to be made one way or the other all villa no filler on youtube twitter facebook and instagram welcome back everybody now it is time for this George and I could be getting hot and bothered in this, the spicy question. And today, George, I put to you, the man Monch has arrived. Yuri Tielemans has arrived. What have you made of Aston Villa summer so far? Well, um, that's, a di- that's a difficult one, Frankie, because um, <laughs> I, sort of, I boil it down to off-the-pitch stuff and on-the-pitch stuff. I mean, off-the-pitch stuff, as we've just been talking about for at great length, um, you know, today is, is, I think, has been a bit of a downer. Um, it has been a bit disappointing that there has been this uh, backlash to both the kind of the sponsor, the kit itself, and the the bad situation. I think all of it has been has been a bit disappointing, particularly given you know a lot of fans were really excited about this particular kit reveal. Mm. I think with the badge and everything else, I think they they were they were really excited, and and it feels a bit deflating today i think that's probably fair to say for it does for me anyway i i i, I do wonder what the villa fans think and obviously do get in touch with us um 
with your yeah. with your thoughts. Very interested to see what people think about it. Um, I mean, the, 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 obviously, the good news behind the scenes was bringing in uh, a new sporting director, Monchi, who's had so much success um, at Sevilla. Uh, but ultimately we went for him after we were unable to convince Machu Alamange to join from Barcelona. So that was a disappointing um, side to things there. And then on the field, we have been relatively quiet, I suppose. I mean, bringing in Yuri Tillemans, I think, is is a, is a decent bit of business. I think, um, obviously, as we all know, we're, we're competing on a few fronts this year. Uh, he's, he's absolutely a quality player and... Um, and he'll be a great option to have in the starting eleven off the bench. You know, if we need to rotate, having Tielemans there is 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 excellent. Obviously, we haven't made any more um, additions to the squad, but but neither have a, other clubs necessarily in the Premier League. So I'm not too worried about that. But then transfer wise, Ashley Young being released that was again a little bit of a disappointment and a surprise considering how well he played at the end of last season. But you know, he's 37, and maybe uh, Unai Emery wanted to. Um, uh, wanted to look uh, look ahead. So uh, the long answer to your question, Frankie, is it's been a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I can't really say that it's been it's been amazing so far, and I can't really say that it's been it's been disappointing in in the main. Uh, it's still very early. It's only the end of June. Obviously, we don't kick off the new season until the start of August. So um, so there's there's a, a lot can happen, obviously, between now and then. So I will reserve judgment until. You know the ball is kicked against Newcastle in August, but uh, at the moment it's 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 a bit of a wait and see. So, yeah, bit of a bit of a mixed bag for me. What what do you think? I'm uh, generally positive. I think yeah. I mean, today has been a, um, a a confusing day, is the way I would put it. Um, and the negative headlines you, uh, don't look good, uh, but um, I think. Team-wise, uh, I would say that, you know, Yuri Tielemans has been a, a good addition considering we've got Europe next season. So if you are to think in your head, potentially on a Thursday night, we could play Tielemans and Dendonka in midfield, though I think Dendonka might go. But, if, you know, at this moment in time, it could be those two. Then on the Sunday, you've got Douglas Luiz and Bubikar Kamara. Not a bad option, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. Man who's played a lot of football, 26 years of age. Um, so... I still think, you know, I think maybe Villa's the right club for him now because maybe he doesn't have to play every single week as he has done with the likes of Leicester, Monaco uh, and elsewhere. So uh, with Villa, he can, you know, he can be probably more managed and that's probably what he needs right now in his career rather than to keep on playing 36, 37 games a season. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm positive about that uh, addition. Uh Elsewhere, um, you know, Monchi, spoken at length about him on this podcast, but um, the thing with Monchi, um, big, big name. I, I would not have imagined, you know, that he was somebody who would end up at Aston Villa, to be honest. In all the years I followed La Liga, in all the years I followed Sevilla's success, to think that, you know, not so long ago, Monchi and Unai Emery worked together and it was three years of three Europa Leagues. Um, great. He had a bad spell at Roma. Roma's a unique club. Roma has its own culture. Monchi obviously is used to the severe culture. Going into Roma, trying to do your own thing, making poor signings like he did with Javier Pastore. 29 years of age, big money. 
that was that was poor. He made some, and he, he himself said he made mistakes at Roma. Though he did make a couple of good signings as well, but he had a bad spell at Roma. The one time he's been out of Spain, but to come into to uh, the, the Premier League now, obviously it's a different environment to La Liga, but and a different environment to Sevilla. But he's coming into work with a manager who he knows in Unai Emery, and Unai Emery is working with someone behind the scenes who he knows more intimately, and he probably you know. It gives him the comfort to achieve what he wants, you would say. Um, he, and they probably will target similar players, uh, have, an, have a, an evaluation and a similar outlook on players, which is helpful. Um, no confusion there. So um, I think that I have cautious optimism on Monchi um, and I'm hopeful that he will make signings that will in the long term probably be players that you know can be sold on for good money if there needs be or bring in players that Emery specifically wants a type of player and wants you to go and get him. Um, so I think communication-wise, it's good for Emery. It doesn't always help, or it doesn't always work totally back in the manager, but it just, I don't know. It's I think it. I think from what I can see, there'll be good communication behind the scenes, hopefully, between the likes of Monchi, uh, Vidagani, I think is the other guy who's back there, and Unai Emery. So I, I don't think you can go at Villa for that. I think it's a... I think it's a positive thing. Um, just looking at it from the outset, it might not work, but I think it—you know—you I, I, can't deny the ambition, basically. Um, so, yeah, I think it, I, I'm I'm positive about the trajectory Villa are going on. You know, we've made Europe now. Um, I'm seeing some people being unsettled about the fact we haven't made loads of signings yet. But look, it's it's really early in the transfer window. That's that's to come. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm sure there's. Various things being worked on behind the scenes. I'm sure Declan Rice will be turning up to Villa tomorrow. <laughs> Kylian Mbappe wants to work with Uno Emery after his time with him at PSG. I'm looking forward to those signs turning up at Villa, but no, um, no, I'm, I'm feeling good and positive. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm positive about the direction of Villa at the moment. Okay, thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Zielinski. Frankie, I will see you later. Catch you later, George, up the villa. Up the villa, and it is goodbye from me too. Uh, All Villa, no filler. We'll be back again soon, but until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. <laughs>